each one of us are defined by the choices that we make. Making the right choice. Daily we have decisions to make. Am I right about it? Even just a decision, what are you going to wear to church today? How many of y'all sometimes that can be a difficult decision? How many of y'all takes a little bit longer than 10 minutes to decide what you're going to wear? Anybody in the house? Anybody in the house? I, I, I know, I don't know about you guys, but my wife takes a little bit longer than 10 minutes to decide what she's going to wear. It's actually, I told you before, it's an adventure to watch her decide what she's going to wear. But making the right choice. Our choices can propel us to a future destiny. As we honor these graduates today, we're going to continue with talking about making the right choice. Guys, y'all remember in June of 2015, Dylan Roof attacked the Emanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina, uh, killing nine people. And he later told authorities that he hoped to start a race war. But guess what, guys? The opposite happened. The reason why the opposite happened, somebody made a right choice. At Ruth's bond hearing, listen to this. At his bond hearing two days later, Reverend Anthony Thompson told the man who murdered his wife, I forgive you and my family forgives you. But we would like you to take this opportunity to repent. Repent, confess, give your life to the one who matters most, Jesus so that he can change it and change your attitude. And no matter what happens to you, then you'll be okay. Do that and you'll be better off than you are right now. That's what the man whose wife was killed by this guy did at his bond hearing. City and state police prepared for racial riots, fearing the bloodshed and violence that was witnessed at Ferguson, Missouri, in Baltimore and at Berkeley and at other cities following racially motivated crimes. But Charleston responded with acts of love, kindness, and grace. Makeshift flower memorials grew in front of Emmanuel AME Church. Donors pledged thousands of dollars to help the victims' families. Thousands gathered for an evening vigil and prayer service. More than 15,000 people of all colors and faiths joined hands to create a human bridge that stretched for two miles, guys. The forgiveness that Reverend Thompson and other family members offered Dylan Roof became a model the entire city followed. A man making a right choice. Because then when it comes to forgiveness, you know, biblical forgiveness is not excusing what happened. It's not pretending that it didn't happen. It's not forgetting that it happened. It's pardoning and choosing not to punish Amen. The person who you are extending forgiveness to. It is giving that person who hurt us to our father and trusted him for what is best. You know, Reverend Thompson forgave Dylan Ruth. And scripture tells us that we are sinners forgiven by Christ Jesus and saved by his grace. And therefore, as Reverend Thompson says, I'm obliged to forgive others who hurt me. Reverend Thompson made the right choice. I wonder if you had been in the same situation, that same scenario, would you have made that same choice? If someone killed your spouse, would you at their bond hearing say, I forgive you? See, that, that choice, that decision 
amen, uh, catapulted the whole community forward in, for them showing love for those who experienced this tragedy. Making the right choice has lifelong consequences. Now, let's be honest. Um, a lot of times in our lives, we make the wrong choice, and the wrong choice causes heartache and pain. Can I get a witness out there? I need, I, I need at least five people who can tell me that in your life since you've been saved, you've made some wrong choices. And those wrong choices cause heartache and pain. It causes conflict in your relationships. Okay, But I want to I tell you and I want to encourage you, especially these graduates, making the right choice will bring you peace of mind. Can I get a witness in here? Most of the tension that we experience is basically the result of unresolved conflict. Uh, whether it be at work, whether it be within our family, whether it even be in the church, unresolved conflict causes a man tension. Unresolved issues also create tension in our lives. Uh, if you have a major decision to make and you can't seem to decide what to do about it, it can be frustrating, can it? As I sit here and look at these three gentlemen here, I think Keldon's in the back, these four graduates that we have today, you guys have finished this leg of your race. And now you're moving forward. And as you decide to move forward, there are some decisions that you're going to have to make. You're going to have to start making some grown man decisions. Now, you, 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 know, you, you guys, you know, I, I know you, you still are uh, you know, on your parents' uh, income tax return for right now. In other words, you are their dependent for right now, right? Come on. And they're going to claim you next year because even if you go to school, even if you go to training, whatever, they, they, they're going to they're still be responsible for you until you can get yourself ready to face this world, amen, as a real man. Real men work. Can I get a witness? Real men take care of themselves. Real men understand, as we learned on yesterday, my brothers, right, that that, that work is our vocation and God created us to work. So, so, so we have these unresolved issues that sometimes create tension in our lives. But however, there's, there's some practical ways that we can gain peace and, and cause uh, uh, these, these issues not to be so, so contentious in our lives. Amen. Uh, we, can, we can get peace of mind. We can, we can learn from a guy named Moses. Now, y'all remember uh, on Mother's Day, we talked about Moses and and, and we talked about the fact that his wife, Zipporah, made a right choice, a right decision. Am I right about it? You, you, you guys remember that Moses, yes, that same Moses, amen, who we discovered a couple of weeks back on Mother's Day, that God was getting ready to take him out after telling him to go back to Egypt and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. On his way back there, the Bible says that God was getting ready to take him out. Why? Because he failed to follow God's covenant provision by circumcising his son. But mama stepped in and, 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 and circumcised him and, and it, that alleviated God's judgment coming on Moses. Amen. So, so but Moses was, even, even as we look at the rest of his life, even though that was a bad decision, a bad choice not to follow God's a covenant a promise of circumcision, Moses was a man who learned how to resolve the basic issues of life. And as a result, he became a prime example of how to enjoy peace of mind by making the right choice. Everybody say making the right choice. 
Moses is often considered to be the greatest man of faith in the Old Testament. As we go to Hebrews 11 chapter, go to Hebrews 11 chapter, verse number 23 with me right quick. And in this 11th chapter, the passage here, you all have studied this 11th chapter, notice it's, it's commonly referred to as the Hall of Fame of Faith. Now, we all are familiar with sports Hall of Fames, right? Is that correct? You know, the NFL is one of the one of the the, probably most popular Hall of Fame. If you get inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame, that means you had a very successful career. Am I right about it? So we understand that we we, we got guys like Roger Starbuck is in the Hall of Fame. Right. Terry Bradshaw is in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Fred Dean is in the Hall of Fame. Willie Rofe is in the Hall of Fame. All those are tech graduates, by the way. I just mentioned the three Hall of Fame. Okay. Uh, Just I'm just saying. Since KD just graduated from Tech, yes, I, I had to throw those three in. But we have Hall of Famers. We, we know them up and down the scale. And Brett Farr, all, all those Hall of Famers are there because they did something significant in the game. Am I right about it? But Moses here is in this Hall of Fame of faith. And in this 11th chapter here, um, uh, more when you look at uh, those who are in this Hall of Fame of faith, more is said about Moses than any of the other ones listed here in this 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. Let's start at verse number 23. It says what? Let's read with me right quick. It says what? It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that, are y'all reading with me? I don't hear y'all reading with me. Somebody say I'm reading silent. No, I want you to read silent. I want to come out loud. Are y'all with, come on, let's go. It was what? By faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child. Everybody say unusual. Amen. Unusual in a good way, right? Okay. Unusual child. And they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. Verse number 24, let's read. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. 25, he chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He chose. Everybody say he made a, he made a choice. Go to the next verse. That's right. Read this. It's, he thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead to his what? Great reward. Verse 27 says what? It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. 28 and 29, let's read. It was by faith, everybody say by faith, that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorpost so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. 29, it was by faith, everybody say by faith, that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground, but when the Egyptians tried to follow They were all what? They were all drowned. From the very start, Moses' life was filled with tension and conflict. The Pharaoh of Egypt had declared that every newborn Hebrew boy in the land of Egypt was to be assassinated, was to be killed, was to be slaughtered. Then, through a miraculous occurrence, Moses's, Moses was discovered and raised by Pharaoh's daughter. Y'all remember the story, how Moses' mom, in order to save him, because again, remember, he was an unusual child. 
Can I get a witness? And you got to also understand that God, amen, who's the creator of the heavens and the earth, God knew what he had ordained Moses to do before Moses was ever born into this earth realm. I got news for you. You all, every one of us are sitting here. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And even before you were birthed out of your mother's womb, God had already ordained for you to do a certain thing in this life. And so here it is. God's plan for Moses was not going to be interrupted by the enemy, by Pharaoh trying to wipe out the, the deliverer. And see, God, anytime God begins to move and God begins to do a thing, Satan, it seems like Satan gets wind of it and try to disrupt God's plan. But how many know we serve a God who is wiser than wise, who's gooder than good, who's better than the best? We serve a God who's able to do what? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can what? Ask or think. So you ain't going to outsmart God. I don't care. How, 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 how smart you think you are. I don't care how evil the devil is. He cannot, amen, contend with our God. But again, it was Moses' dream to lead his people out of the land of Egypt, across the desert, and into a new country called Israel, the promised land. But nearly the entire time, listen to this very carefully, nearly the entire time Moses was leading them, the people complained. They argued. They fought. Amen. They just did. They, they didn't have enough faith to believe that they were going to enter the promised land. So they spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness. When all the original adults eventually died, then their children were allowed to enter the promised land. But Moses, when you look at his life and how he started out, had to be ushered away, raised by Pharaoh's daughter. Yet the irony of it is. When Pharaoh's daughter scooped him up out of that river and her servants uh, uh, were commissioned to find someone to nurse him, guess what the servant did? The servant went and found his mama. And here this boy is who was destined to be killed by the enemy, but God's hand was in the midst of it. And here he is being raised in Pharaoh's palace with his mama breastfeeding him in the palace. Amen. You know he had it good, didn't he? Laid back in luxury while your mama feeding your milk. Can I get a witness? And all of us at some point in time probably had mama's milk or Similac one. In the old days, there wasn't no Similac. It was breastfeeding. Can I get a witness? So his own mother was called upon to nurture him to get him to a state where he could begin to walk out his destiny in his everyday life. So Moses, if you think about Moses' life and his upbringing, uh, Moses had a right to be uptight and, and in, in a state of contention. But the Bible says that he was a meek man. Now, meek doesn't mean weak, it, even though that's the way we oftentimes interpret it. All right. But meek meek, meekness is re really attitude is attitude of quiet confidence. Meekness is power and strength under control. So as we look at Moses, Moses went through a lot, guys. To get to where he was the deliverer of God's people out of out of out of out of Egypt. So let's look at some lessons. Amen. Four 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 lessons or four issues of life uh, at, with Moses as our example, and we're gonna we're gonna walk through these because I, I want to encourage these young men today. But not only these young men, but I want to encourage everybody here in this church, guys. We have the opportunity to do great things for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We have an opportunity, amen, to be uh, bearers of kingdom agenda in every area of our life. 
God desires for each one of us to carry his message to influence someone else. So, but that calls for us to make the right choice. Amen. It calls for us to make the right choice. Now, again, Moses, when you look at his life, Moses uh, was a man of great principles. Every decision he made was based on fundamental principles of life. He didn't live by his feelings. Instead, he based his life on God's principles for living. How many of you know it's dangerous to walk by how you feel? Solely. All right, in other words, our feelings change. Our feelings, I mean, are, are not the most reliable indicator of what's the best choice and the decision to make. Can I get a witness? See, if you were to go by your feelings, some of y'all wouldn't still be a member of this church. Can I get a witness? Can we be honest? If you were to go by your feelings, some of y'all wouldn't still be married right now. I, I need you to hear me. I need you to hear me. If, if, if you were to go by your feelings, some of y'all would not have a job right now. Been fired a long time ago. Right? Because there are some days you do not feel like going to work. Right? But you choose not to move by your feelings. But I wonder, see, in certain instances, in certain categories, we've learned to not make a decision based on how we feel. But when it comes to church, well, you know, I just didn't feel like going. I just didn't feel led. You ain't ever feel led if you don't pray. I heard one guy say one time, okay, the next time I hear somebody say, I don't feel lead, I'm going to go get a piece of lead, let you feel it, and then go do what God's word says. You don't, you don't have to feel obedience. As a matter of fact, I tell you all the time, uh, the Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. I tell you all the time, it is better to obey God even when you ain't feeling it. And the more you obey God, your feelings will catch up with your obedience. Y'all heard somebody say, well, I just don't, I, I don't feel like I'm in love with them anymore. Baby, let me tell you something. You better stop because there's some times in that relationship where you ain't going to feel it. But feeling it ain't got nothing to do with your commitment you made. Hello? Uh, I thank God we had a beautiful wedding here yesterday. Uh, little Miss Kiara and Brother Demontre Evans uh, tied the knot. And I thank God for that young couple. Two young Christians deciding to do it the right way. They ain't going to shack. Do y'all know what shacking is? I mean, some of you younger people don't understand. What, what, what is shacking? Just going to live together with no commitment. Okay, I, I, this, ain't a, this ain't a message on shacking. But, but why would you, come on, why would you, okay, I guess the old adage, why buy the cow when you're getting the milk is free? Some of you young people, that's, that's a parable in, in an instance, but old folk know exactly what that means. <laughs> but I thank God for that covenant commitment. But again, those vows says in sickness and in health. 
richer and poor. I'm paraphrasing. Good times and bad times. When you want to see them coming and when you hate seeing them coming. You make a covenant commitment. And, and, and all things being equal, then we need to hold to that covenant commitment. I understand that there's some things that happened because of sin in the earth realm, because of sin, God allowed Moses to write a bill of divorce, but that was not God's perfect plan. And so those two young people stood up there, and I was, I was on the inside, I was, I was happy at the same time, you know, a little emotional because I, I, I watched that baby grow up. Into a young lady, I watched that young man develop into a, a mature Christian man. And I thank God for the commitment that they made. But in marriage, you, don't, you can't stay married uh, making decisions solely based on how you feel. There are some days I know this woman don't feel too good toward me. I mean, not, not, not very many because, you know, if you're married to me, it ain't going to be very many days. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm not being arrogant. I'm just, humor me for a second. This is me preaching, okay? This is my version of the male. If I was married to me, man, I'd be happy. <laughs> if I was married to me, man, I'd be, I'd wake up every morning and say, this is the day the Lord is me. And I'm glad to be married to Doll Adam C. No, but, th- but there are some times, guys, when you go through stuff that your feelings are off, off course. Your feelings will tell you to do something that's sinful. And if you follow your feelings, you won't end up making the right choice. Are you listening to me today? So, 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 so as we begin to, to go down here, we see in Hebrews 11 chapters, Moses came to grips with four fundamental issues of life that each of us can grab hold of. But now, again... Look back on your outline that I gave you, because I want you to, to look at it. Remember what we said? We said that um, uh, we all do exactly what we decide in our minds to do. Am I right about it? And, and whenever we are making choices, whenever we're making decisions, we need to be able to d- differentiate between whether or not it's a priority decision or a what? It's on the paper, okay? We need to differentiate between whether or not it's a what? A priority decision or a what? A moral decision. Uh, priority decisions are choices between right and right. Okay? In other words, two or more choices can be made, either of which would be morally right. We've already covered that. The important thing in making a, a priority decision is to be wise, to choose between good, better, and best. Moral decisions are choices between right and wrong. There is the morally correct choice and the morally wrong choice. To make the morally wrong choice, it is sin. Can I get a witness? It's sin. So, so, but, but the power to make correct moral decisions results from a man's desire to have integrity and the enabling power of God operating in his life. Amen. But again, let's, let's, let's keep moving here. So, so, so whenever you get ready to decide, now again, guys, whatever you decide to do from a career standpoint, that's not necessarily a moral decision unless you decide to do something that's immoral. If you decide I'm going to be a drug dealer, a pimp, that's a moral decision. All right? Now, I'm just, and, and, and I'm not trying to be stereotypical. None of y'all will be drug dealers or pimps because all of y'all got, got God on the inside of you. And I, I, I envision seeing you guys become 
young men who carry the, the image of God everywhere you go. I, I got I got I got vision of seeing you guys uh, uh, go out and accomplish things in life. I got a vision of seeing you guys amen, getting married and having children and being involved in your local church. And I would really love it if you go get trained up and go get whatever you're going to do and start working and come back here and serve at EBC. That's what I would really love. In my selfishness, I don't want to let you go. Can I get a witness? Because I believe that you guys have things on the inside of you that this church needs. We need young brothers like yourself who are connected to the church. Don't do like a lot of people do. Once they get out of high school, when they go away to college, go away for some training or whatever, go in the military, they disconnect from the church. I want you to follow the examples of the Sandra Adams, the Kadarius Thomases. The Kiara Whites of the world, the Brittany Figueroa's of the world, those young people who who were away in school, but yet and still they found their way back to EBC every week. Hello. And if you can't come every week while you down there, you get connected to a church that can help nurture you and grow you and develop you. Can I get a witness? And if you don't go off, amen, you, you, you certainly have the opportunity and the ability to stay connected to your church and be a leader, be a mentor to others. That's what I envision from all four of you guys. Y- y'all hear me? I, I don't want to look around two years and say, what happened to Christian? Where is he? When's the last time he's been to church? I want to say, where, where is Daniel Davis? Where is Daniel Parker? And Daniel, you know, I know you're over in Mississippi, but you know what? If you come this way, you come and get connected, Amen. Where's Keldrick Moody? Yeah, he went to Grandin, but we ain't seen him since he's been to Grandin. Where is he, Virginia? I don't know. No, Virginia's going to know. <laughs> Virginia don't play that, Keldrick. I'm just telling you now, 18 don't mean nothing. Are you following me? Because you still, you still, you still, you still, you still, as long as they feed you, they got influence. That's what I figure. If I'm feeding you, if I'm clothing you, Putting a roof over your head, I'm going to have some influence. Don't, don't you tell me I'm going to feed you, put a roof over your head, put gas in your car, and I can't have no influence. It don't work that way. Everybody say it doesn't work that way. just want to throw that out just in case some of y'all were having those thoughts. Now watch, watch, can we, can we move? Yo, when we look at Moses' life, Again, he came to grips with four fundamental issues of life that each of us can grab hold of and prepare ourselves for this journey called life. First of all, Moses settled the question of who am I? We're going to look at that. Next, he came to the question, what do I really want to be? Third, Moses addressed the question of what is really important in life? And the final question was, how am I going to live this life? Are y'all listening to me today? Who am I? What I really want to be, what is really important in life, and how am I going to live this life? First of all, let's, let's see. Number one, we said, know who you are. Go back, if you will, to Hebrews 11, chapter, verse 23. Look at 23 again. Pop it up, 23 and 24. I like this passage because this is in the hall of faith because Moses lived a life of faith. Uh, and we see here, it says, it was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. Parents, let me tell you something. One of the greatest things and probably one of the most important things that you can pass on to your children is, amen, a life of faith. Are y'all with me? 
remember on, on Mother's Day, we looked at Timothy's mama and his grandmother, Lois and Eunice. Lois and Eunice, the Bible says, amen, passed on their faith of heritage to him. Now, again, Timothy had to make a decision for himself, but it helped that mama and grandmama were in the faith. Your, each one of our children have to decide to accept Christ Jesus for their own self, but it certainly helps when mama and daddy are connected to Christ. When mama and daddy are modeling the Christian faith in the home, not just at church. When they see mom and daddy pray and discussing scripture and talking about God's vision for the family in the home, it helps them to connect to that very same Jesus who we have as our Lord and Savior. Can I get a witness? So, so, so when we look at this thing, let's, let, let, let's walk through it. So the first thing is, uh, he says, it was by faith Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. Let me tell you something. We, I'd rather obey old God. Or I'd rather obey God than man. Which y'all? As a matter of fact, the Bible does say that. All right. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, watch this, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now again, watch this. The first thing, the first issue, uh, the first thing that Moses dealt with was the issue of identity. He understood who he was, and and and. Now, this may seem like simple here, but, but, but let's walk through this just for a second. It's not as easy as you would think, amen? Uh, and, and again, a lot of times in life, people have issues in life because they don't know who they really are. Are y'all with me today? Uh, Moses was actually a Hebrew, but Pharaoh's daughter, as I said earlier, raised him as an Egyptian. Now, naturally speaking, uh, he was he he was a Hebrew, but yet he was raised as an Egyptian. Are y'all with me today? Okay, uh, and and everybody thought he was a bona fide Egyptian, but when he grew up, everybody say when he grew up. Everybody say when he matured. When he grew up, he somehow knew the truth, and he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Years later, at about the age of 40, Moses was, was, was groomed to be uh, second in command in the kingdom, and he had to make a choice. Are y'all with me? He had to make a decision. What am I going to do with my life? I am not who most people think I am. And some of y'all sitting there right now, what am I going to do with my life? I'm not what most people think I am. And none of us are. Because some of us, you can look at somebody and say, "Ooh, that 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 that, that guy." More I'll tell you what he 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 had a three point seven grade point average. Uh, he graduated in this degree and uh, never gave mom and dad any trouble. Uh, great kid. How many of y'all ever heard this? When kids get in trouble, everybody always said he's a good kid. Uh, and it must have been the folk who he was running with that caused him to get in trouble because he's a good child. But maybe, maybe you didn't know him as well as you thought you knew him. And that we wasn't the other guy's we. Are y'all listening to me today? All right? Maybe we didn't quite know who that person was. All right? And so you hear it all the time. Well, that, that, that's not, he, he's a good, 
if he's, good, if he's a good child, why did he go rob that store? All of us got sin on the inside, and, and sometimes stuff is happening that we're not even aware of. Are y'all listening to me today? But, but, but Moses, he grew up, but he somehow knew the truth, and he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh. Uh, Pharaoh, he, the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Amen. Moses had every comfort he could wish for in the palace, and he could have stayed there, but he had an identity crisis. Amen. Who am I? Am I a Hebrew? Am I an Egyptian? Am I going to live with a bunch of Hebrew slaves, or am I going to stay here and live in luxury in the palace? I want to ask you a question. If you had a chance to live in the palace, or suffer with the slaves, which one would you have chosen? Well, just, just don't, don't, answer, don't answer real quickly now, okay? Don't answer real quickly because you're sitting there and, 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 and Moses somehow understood that he was a man of destiny. Moses somehow came to the conclusion that I have a purpose in life that's apart from living in the palace. I have a purpose in life that this, it's going to cause me to go through some anguish, some pain, and some heartache, but I got to do it because it's my calling. See, some of y'all sitting there right now, God is calling you to do something that may be a little bit tough for you. Maybe, maybe it's outside your, your, your comfort zone. Maybe it's outside of, of your norm. I, t- I tell people all the time, what I am doing today, if you were to trace me back at the time I was sitting in the seat just like you guys at, at the age of 18, 19, whatever, graduating high school, I would have been the least likely candidate to do what I'm doing today. I mean, I didn't like talking in front of people. As a matter of fact, I didn't like talking much at all. I mean, I talked when I had to talk. I talked enough to get up. Can I get a witness? I knew enough. I had a little bit of rap, Dave. I mean, you know, you know y'all, y'all know what rap is, right? Back in the old days, you say, you can't rap. That means you, you, know, you didn't know how to talk to a lady. But see, when you learn how guys, well, okay, that's, that's for men's mention. We're talking about men's mention, okay? All right, but again, I, 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 didn't, I didn't want to do this kind of stuff. But yet God had a, a destiny and a plan for my life. And now I understand it. Uh, I understood it, uh, you know, back in 1989 when I accepted my call uh, to preach the gospel message. But I was the least likely person to do what I'm doing. Here's what I'm going to tell you. I don't care what other people's opinion of you are. Know what God has called and ordained for you to do. Believe in who God has made you to be. And it don't matter what other folk are saying. You walk with God. Are y'all listening to me today? So, so. Uh, what would you have done? Would you have stayed in the palace where there was luxury? You know, let me use my spiritual imagination. You had direct TV. You had all of the luxuries, you know. That, that, obviously, they didn't have direct TV back then. But I'm just, just go with me right quick. They had all the luxuries, living in the mansion, but yet he chose to walk in his identity. Moses made the right choice regarding the issue of identity but it cost him the next 80 years of his life in the desert. Every one of us must come to grips with our identity. We all have uh, a a want and a need to accept who we are, y'all. So to to try to be somebody who you are not is a quick way (laughs) to have a lot of turmoil and a lot of 
contention in your life. Moses decided, I got to be who I am. No, being who I am means that I got to be who God has made me to be. There are some folks who will say, I got to be who I am. And who they saying they are is outside the will of God. If you get my drip. Amen. See, when God made us, he, he, he had purpose in mind. And so anytime you try to distort God's purpose and to say, I'm just going to do me, then you're going to be outside the will of God. Because God never called upon us just to do us, but know who you are, know who God made you to be, and begin to walk in that divine destiny. Amen. So number one, we see here that, that, that he had to come to grips with who he is. Don't ever pretend to be someone else. Amen. Uh, you can either pretend to be somebody else or you can accept God's plan and be who you were really meant to be in the first place. OK, because, again, uh, you know, Moses here chose to make a decision. Now, second thing we want to look at right quick. In other words, he, 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 he came to the, the point to where he says, I got to. To find out who I am. I, I, I have an identity crisis and I got to solve that identity crisis. Know who you are. Be comfortable uh, with your personality. You know, a lot of times we think um, we got to be like everybody else. And you don't have to be just like everybody. You are uniquely you. If you're going to be like anybody, be like Christ. Amen. We are all called to be conformed to the express image of God's dear son. So know who you are first and foremost. Number two, accept your responsibilities. Accept your responsibility. All right? Accept your responsibility. Okay? After Moses decided the issue of who he was, he confronted the question of who do I really want to be? The Bible says that Moses chose to be mistreated with the rest of God's people rather than enjoy the sinful pleasures of Pharaoh's power. Look at, look at verse 25 of Hebrews 11 right quick. It says he chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Now, guys, you know, as a born again believer, there comes a point in time where we have to really put up or shut up. Can I put it that way? Because a lot of people talk. But as they say, talk is cheap, right? Anybody can talk it, but it takes commitment. It takes dedication to walk it out. And so uh, when we discover who we are, we got to accept the responsibility and begin to walk that thing out. Now, y'all remember the story how it was, and I'm I'm purposely, I'm not going to, Try to, I'm going to try to complete this in my, in my allotted time. But y'all remember the story, how it was that Moses was out one day caversing, looking around, seeing what was going on happening in the kingdom there. And he saw um, this Egyptian just beating down this Hebrew slave. Okay? He saw him beating him down. And so Moses goes over there. Something inside of Moses rose up because, you know, God, God, was putting him in a position to begin to walk in his divine purpose. And so Moses went over there and stopped this Egyptian from just beating down this Hebrew slave. And ultimately, Moses, Moses took him out, killed him, and buried him in the sand. Well, uh, you know, when you look at what happened later on, uh, two, two Hebrew slaves were arguing, getting into it, fussing, fighting. 
And then now Moses steps in and breaks up two of his brothers, natural born Hebrews. He broke them up from fighting. And you know how it is when people uh, know something uh, and then when when you call them out on their sin, they want to call you out on your sin. So uh, so when, when he broke them up and told them they shouldn't be doing that, then uh, one of the guys said, what you going to kill us like you killed an Egyptian? Now, Moses was trying to help their people. But now he felt threatened and he he began to think, who else knows about what I did? Is at that point, Moses left Pharaoh's house and went to the backside of the desert. And guys, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, there are times in our life when we we are uh, we are faced with making a choice or decision or forced to make a choice or decision that we wouldn't have made on our own. But many times what God will do is he'll use that forced decision to get us where we need to be. Because otherwise we wouldn't move. Some of us would have stayed in the palace until the rapture came. But God had to get him to the backside of the desert, get him to a place where he could nurture, groom him, and, and prepare him to go back and deliver his people. So there's some times, when you look back over your life, there's some things that happened in your life that maybe wasn't pleasant, maybe caused you to do something that you wouldn't intend to do. But when you look back over, you see, you know what, that wasn't, it wasn't good when it happened, but I can see God's hand in the middle of that. God may not have sent it, but he used it to nurture and develop me. So second thing is, accept responsibility. When Moses decided that I'm going to leave the palace amen, and be with my people, when Moses decided I'm going to intervene in this fight and keep this Egyptian from, from killing uh, this Hebrew, at that point Moses decided to accept this responsibility uh, of being the leader of God's people. Amen? Uh, and and, and, and that's, that's important because all of us, when we look at life, all of us many times uh, when it comes to life... We, what I've discovered, people, especially nowadays, don't like accountability and don't want to accept responsibility. We are quick to blame somebody else for our issues, right? Especially our young people. Now, young men, let me tell you all something. Don't ever find yourself in a position of blaming everybody else but you. Your decisions are your decisions. I'm trying to encourage you to make the right choice. Because there are many people who will blame everybody else for their issues and not look at themselves when really 90% of the time it's our decisions that cause us to be where we are. Why are you getting mad at your mama because she took the car from you uh, and you mad at her? But the real reason why the car got taken is because you broke curfew. And now you mad at your mama because she got the keys. She told you or daddy told you before you left, be back at 12. You roll up at 2.30. You know what? You roll up at 2.30, you, you ain't going to get in the house. We're going to wrestle in, the, in this driveway. Time you come out, we, we at it. But the, now you're mad because of a decision that you made, but you want to blame your mama for being mean or blame your daddy for being mean. Everybody say accept responsibility. Accept your responsibility. Moses accepted his responsibility and began to, uh, to, to be the leader that God had ordained and called him to be. The third thing we got to do is, if, if we're going to make the right choice and decisions, if we're going to follow Moses' example, we got to decide our priorities. Amen? A third issue that Moses faced is he chose, he, he, he chose what his priorities were. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God 
rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. And he regarded this sacrifice for the sake of Christ. I think that's interesting. Pop that back up in the 25th verse. I think that's very interesting what it says here. Hebrews 11, 25. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. 26, let's go. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead to his great reward. Guys, anytime somebody presents you a shortcut, and people are going to give you shortcuts, right? They'll give you opportunity to shortcut. If you go to college, there'll be some times where uh, somebody will have the test. Tests get around on, on college campus. Anybody ever been on college campus and found out somebody had the test? Uh-huh. And then you, 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 you convince yourself with your Christian, honest self that it was okay to look at the test because what? Everybody else looking at the test. So what am I going to do? I'm not going to learn the material. I'm going to just get the test and study the answer on the test. And I don't know the stuff. But then when it's time for me to pass my boards, I can't pass my boards because I didn't know the stuff. I didn't know the concept. I just knew the answer to the, the question. Here's what I've learned in life, guys. Look, it, yo, when it comes to progressing and growing, yo, don't just take the shortcut. You, there, there's a process that's in place to help develop you and to nurture you for the next phase of your life, and there ain't no shortcuts. If you want to get in shape, there ain't no shortcuts. No orange peel is going to make you get in shape. I mean, I remember that commercial back in the day when they were selling, you, you can just take this pill and you can sleep. You can sleep the weight off. Let me tell you something, baby. You ain't going to sleep no weight off. <laughs> Are y'all listening to me today? You're not going to sleep the weight off. You got to sacrifice. And therein lies the problem. Nobody likes to sacrifice. Decide your priorities. Moses decided to, uh, to be mistreated along with God's people rather than enjoy the pleasures of the palace. Amen. God asked Moses to do something that was, that was more important than, than living in luxury. Amen. And he did it. It was a matter of priority for his life, in his life. Because Moses was considered to be the son of Pharaoh's daughter and was in a position of great power. He could have rationalized it like a lot of us would have. Amen. You know, being, being, being a Hebrew slave, you know, you know, I, I, I'm gonna pass on that. I'll just stay right here in this system, and I'm gonna work to reform the system, baby. Sometimes when God calls you, He calls you to disrupt the system. Amen. There are times when God will call you to 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 work. Amen. Not in a sinful way, but 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 to call out sin. There's a time when God will cause you to, to get in the middle of the situation in the family and say, "Make the call. Make the righteous judgment." Because how many of y'all know uh, family, family can be tough, right? And dealing with family issues, most people don't do it very well. But here's what I would tell you. Always, always speak truth in love. Everybody say in love. Say do it in love. Say not out of anger. All right? Speak the truth in love. 
So, but the side your priority. Listen, speak the truth in love. Now, lastly, we're gonna we're gonna close around on here. Okay. So not only that, but he, he decided his priority. You guys gonna have priorities. Um, let, me, let me say this right quick. When you don't get connected to a church, and being in a church don't make you a Christian. Y'all understand that, right? But if you really are making God a priority, you will be connected to a local church con- congregation. Anybody that tells you that Jesus is a priority, but they don't go to church and they're not involved in, in the ministry, he's really not their priority. I don't care if they were raised in the church. He's not a priority if you're not going along with God's plan for mankind's life. Go, 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 to, go to Ephesians, the fourth chapter right quick. Watch this. Ephesians 4. Hurry, hurry, hurry. I'm going to get you out of here. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Started, I think it's verse number 11. Watch this. For those of you all who are sitting there and, and you are an occasional attender, even though you are quote, saved. Here's what people say. Well, you know, they'll ask this question. Uh, what, uh, do you have to go to church to be saved? Well, the obvious answer is no, you don't have to go to church or be in church, be inside a building to be saved. But here's what I would tell you. If you are really saved and understand your spiritual heritage, you will be in church. Okay? Tell me about, everybody say Priorities. Now, how is it that you can go everywhere else you want to go? Huh? You can make time to go shop. Huh? You can make time to go to the ball game. You can make time to go to the concert. Some of y'all kind of need to give it up. Nothing nothing wrong. I like good, clean music. All right. But if, if, if you if you can make time to go to the concert, if you can make time to go to your child's ball game. Why are you missing an action in church? I'm going to tell you why you missing. It ain't a priority to you. And it don't sound good when it's said that way, but anything that's a priority will become a man, something that you will, will do regularly and with enthusiasm. Watch what the text says here because it's important for you to be connected to your church. I'm telling you guys this because it is a proven fact statistically that most people, when they turn your age and get into college stuff, they disconnect from the church. Okay? Because at some point in time, you could be out on your own, you have your own place, and then when you disconnect, from, I, can, I can go out and listen to the ones who came through here. Now, we have a lot of them that, that, did, that did come and stay connected, but there's a lot of them who disconnected. And the enemy wants nothing more than for you to get disconnected from the body of Christ. Because at that point in time, he can lead you any way he wants to because you're not getting the proper influence. Watch this. Watch this. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. He gave them to whom? Say it again. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the what? Pastors and teachers. That's what I'm doing right now. Pastoring and teaching. All right. What is their responsibility? Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to do what? Build up the church, the body of Christ. Look at the next verse. It says what? This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Now watch this. 
if you're not connected to the church where these gifts are operating, how are you going to benefit from them? How are they going to help build you up? I can do it on my own. Let me, baby, let me tell you something. There, there are no lone rangers in the body of Christ. There are no lone rangers in the body of Christ. God made each one of us to have need of others. And the moment you decide that I can do this on my own, I don't need to be around anybody else. What you call God is, you say, God, you're alive. You don't know what you're talking about. God made us to commune and to connect with one another. Are y'all listening to me today? So, 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 so these gifts in the body, they're here to help build you up. But if you disconnect, you won't get the benefit of those gifts to help build you up. So last thing, the final issue, face your difficulties. The final issue Moses settled was the matter of perseverance. We could almost sum up Moses' life in two words. He endured. Everybody say he endured. People don't like to endure nowadays. We run at the first sign of a little bit of of disagreement, of of discontent. Why are you running? God created you and he's hopefully maturing you to the point where you can face life's difficult choices and situations without having to run. Moses endured. It's, It's a fact of life that there is no gain without pain. No advancement without adversity. No, 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 pro- no progress without problems. Amen. On the issue of endurance, learn how to relate to difficulties. Moses made the success of his life because he endured. Endurance is something that is sorely missing in the body of Christ today. You got to learn how to persevere. So four things again. Look at those four things. Number one, we said what? Know who you are. Be confident who God made you to be. Don't be satisfied with where you are. When I say that, that all of us can stand some improvement. All of us need to grow in, in, in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. All of us can, 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 can position ourselves to be a better steward of God's resources, his time and talent he gave us. All of us have an opportunity to grow. But, but, but know who you are, first and foremost. Number two, we say what? Accept your responsibility. Each one of us have been ordained and given giftings, amen, to operate in. If you're sitting on your gift, it's time to stir it up. Remember we saying that some Stir it up, stir it up. Stir it up, stir it up. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but stir up the gift. You got a gift on the inside of you. Why is it being dormant? Why is it dormant? Why, why, why is your gifting not being utilized? Well, it can't be utilized if you're not willing to grow and you're not willing to connect. And if you're living in sin, you can't operate in your gifting. Not, a, not the right way, okay? All right, so, so again, accept your responsibility. Number, number three, decide your priorities. And number four, face your difficulties. I want to tell these graduates, like I'm going to tell everybody that's sitting in here, guys, life will throw you some curveballs. Every, every day, won't necessarily be sunshine. But even though every day won't be sunshine, you can have the sun shining in you. I kind of like that, amen? You can have the sun, the S-O-N, shining in you. And you can make the right choices that will propel you to your purpose in life. Make the right choice. Jesus made the right choice for us. Am I right about it? 
One day he chose to give up his life for us. One day he chose to be crucified on Golgotha's hill. One day he chose to lay down his life so that you and I could live, amen, with the father who created the heavens and earth. He died, was buried, and rose again with all power in his hand so that you and I could be who God called and ordained for us to be. He made the right choice. I'm glad he did. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that he chose to lay down his life for me. Because I don't deserve it, but he did it for me anyhow. Who am I? A wretch undone. But Jesus gave his life for me out on Calvary. And so as a result of that sacrifice, man, now I can be who God has made me to be. Everybody said make the right choice. Every head, body, right clothes.